giving praise to our God for what he has done. Would you open your Bibles then with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. I wanted this morning to follow up on something that uh, deals with thanksgiving. And uh, beginning with verse 11 in, in Luke chapter 17, it says, Now he was on his way. Now I'm going to stop right there. And he was on his way. There is a unique phrase that Luke is using because he's referring to the process of he's part of the travel narrative. And if you have been here when we've talked about this before, the travel narrative begins in Luke 9, verse 51. Just remember, as he was, as the time had approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And so following that verse in Luke, all the stories are in the process as Jesus is making his way to the cross. So that idea, that concept that he was on his way set out resolutely is part of that. So back in, uh, in chapter 17, now he was on his way. He was still making his way towards the cross. Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, which John and I have traveled on the bus last April. By the way, maybe you had a chance to see that as well. It's going on. Uh, and then in verse 12, he said, and as he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood and they called out in a loud voice. And they said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, in Jesus' day, leprosy was very commonplace. We don't think of that today because we have ways of treating that. But leprosy was a serious illness. And once you got it, it was extremely difficult to get over. And it was kind of like a death thing because things, your skin, your things begin to dry up and then they would drop off. People would lose their fingers, they would lose their nose, and eventually it would kill them. There are still in some parts of the world leprosy clinics and things to help those around. But if you saw that and knew that it was around, it would be uh, somewhat easy to become callous to seeing that. Like we get callous to seeing things as well. And I was interested that a comment that was made just earlier this, in the service about how you see a tragedy where people, instead of getting in to help, take pictures, you know. We just had two. We, um, you mentioned the stabbing uh, in London, on London Bridge, but we also had one at The Hague. Uh, terrible things happen, but we come be callous at it and kind of lodge, yeah, 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 yeah. And the reason we kind of get, particularly with leprosy, was because, after all, nothing could be done. There was no cure, and there was no way to go to the doctor and get anything to make you better. It was also known as, in Jesus' time as being the finger of God, meaning it was a symbol that you had had sin in your life. So it was a public demonstration that you were a sinner. And so you were an outcast, and you had to live away from other people so you didn't contaminate them. So the lepers were all together. It didn't matter that you were a Samaritan or Jew. Once you were a leper, you were there which I found that interesting, that leprosy then would unite across humanity. Just a sin unites us across humanity. Very, very fascinating thing. But when they called out to Jesus, when they cried out to him and said, Jesus, Master, to him, called out, Jesus' response was full of empathy. Not sympathy, but empathy. Empathy to do something. 
And it was instant and redemptive. It always is that way. And so when he saw them, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priests. Go show yourself to the priests. Now, there's a reason Jesus said that, because in Luke 14, verse 1 and following, it describes a process of when you have skin diseases, of what you were supposed to do. And it was thought that you were unclean, and certainly the lepers were unclean. They couldn't go and uh, be with anybody else. They had to be separate. And so there was a process. And so you went to the priest. The priest examined you outside of the tent. He examined you at first. Then they went through a fact, sacrificial system that lasted about eight days to make sure that you did not have any reoccurrence before he, the priest would allow you to come back and go back into this, to the group, be part of the church again. And so when he saw them and he said, go show yourself to the priest, would you please note, and as they went, they were cleansed. Now it's fascinating that in the Bible... Jesus' healings, other than those that were unconscious or dead, that when Jesus healed them, they needed to have a response. There was something that they had to do. They had to make that step. So they were not healed until they actually turned and started to go to the priest. It was the action... Remember the man who was at the pool of Bethesda, where we were there. He said, pool, you must uh, take, up your, take, uh, take up your bed and walk. And it was not until he stood up to make the effort to be healed, to, be, to take it, that he was healed. It was the act of faith of putting my trust in that. So we have to say that all ten of them stepped out in faith that that would happen. And so they turned to go and show themselves. And on their way, they were healed, the Bible says. They were on their way. Now, I'd be extremely, extremely happy to see my body completely restored, having suffered from leprosy. That would be absolutely amazing, shocking to me. As they were going along, I couldn't wait to share with the priest to go to the priest to see what has happened to my body. That now I am cleansed and healed. That God had done something for me. And so they were on their way. But verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. If you understand the culture, nine Jewish men and one Samaritan. And it was the Samaritan who turned around and came back to thank Jesus. The rest Grateful, but they were on their way to the priest, as Jesus had told them. They were go to go show themselves to the priest. They were on their way. They had to be delighted, had to be happy. But it was, it was a Samaritan who turned around to come back and thank a Jewish man. Now, this is found in the book of Luke, this particular story. And Luke seems to take some kind of a relish in this kind of, kind of feeling that he's interested in this foreigner. Why was Luke interested in this foreigner? Because Luke himself 
was a Gentile. So he was not a Jew. He was outside of that community. And now Luke, who's a convert, came back and he's sharing this to make sure we all caught that he was a foreigner. He wanted to make sure. Which is interesting because the, the Jews had the first chance, but they despised the day of gladness of Jesus showing up. But the Gentiles welcomed that day with great joy. When they realized what had happened, what had taken place. So back to the story. So he came to Jesus' feet. He thanked him. He was a Samaritan. And then Jesus asked the question. We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Did you see that all ten were cleansed? One came back. So the cleansing of them was not hinged on whether you were grateful or not. All ten were healed. But only one came back and was grateful. Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Luke, make sure you got that. The other nine were happy. I'm sure that they were blessed. They were happy they were healed. They've been freed. Now they can go back home. They were so excited about that. I'm sure they were. I can just see them running and laughing and going. But only one turned around, came back to thank Jesus. Only one made the connection between the need to thank him or the desire to thank him. Probably would be a better way. Then Jesus said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you whole. Now, is there more to being whole than the physical healing? When you, when you look at that story, when he came back, is there more than, than, than being whole here that's going in, that Luke is sharing here? Is there more involved then? The man was grateful that he was, but it was thought of as leprosy as being the finger of God. It was a symbol that you were a sinner, that God had cursed you because you, God's finger was on you, because you said, that's what was thin the thinking. So leprosy and sinfulness were associated together in their mind. And what is more important to the Lord? The physical healing or the spiritual healing? So he was more interested in the sinful heart being healed, was he not? I find that an interesting turn of that story, how it, it kind of comes back at you. I, like that, it wasn't just he wasn't grateful. So it raises the question, how do you cure ingratitude? How do you cure ingratitude? Well, when I was growing up, and when I had my children... 
It was uh, often we were said as parents, it says, uh, don't forget to say thank you. Remember that? Somebody does something for you. Remember, say thank you. Do that, yeah, say thank you. What do we say? Remember that kind of thing to the child? Thank you. I, um, I did something for my granddaughter, granddaughters this week. Uh, on Thanksgiving, I went into my grand, one of my granddaughter's new bedrooms, and I put up a lattice kind of design on, the, on her wall that she wanted. She has no idea what that took. <laughs> anyway, it's done. <laughs> so she got on the phone, and she FaceTimed me, and she said, Thank you, Grandpa. Thank you, Grandpa. I don't know if that was prompted or not. I don't know, but thank you, Grandpa for doing that for me. Don't forget to say thank you. We're, we're told that that is the customary thing. We, somebody does something, you're supposed to say thank you. Isn't that right? You're supposed to say thank you to them. So, was a Samaritan leper, was he doing the normal? Was he doing the normal thing? So, so he's, he came back to say thank you. If if he truly was, if we say, yes, that was kind of the normal thing, well, then he was in very small company, was he not? I find that interesting as well. A man cannot become what he is not. The seed of gratitude must be in him before it can grow. It is in him. Praise is native. And man give thanks, and men give thanks for the same reason the birds sing. Praise is man's instinctive response to the creative love of God. So the man who turned back then, who came back to say, we might read into that, and I can't judge his motives or his heart, but it, it appears that his coming back was in response to the creative love of God. That he felt God loved him and healed him. Even though he didn't follow the Jewish faith, he followed an abparent's thing. And the others, they had not gratitude in the gratitude to them. They may have been very happy that they were healed. But there was not the gratitude in there. Do you see the difference? There was, they, were not, they were not there. Martin Renker, he died in 1649. But before he died, he, he was a pastor in, there in Germany. And he had gone through the 30-year war and buried a lot of his congregation. And then he also had the time of the Black Plague and buried a lot of people. A lot of death was around Martin Riker's life as he lived as a pastor. I can only imagine what that was like. When I first got into the ministry and had my own church, um, I was in Silverton, Oregon, and for the four years I was there, I laid to rest 28 people in my congregation. 
Think of that, 28 people. Some of them were children. I had two crib deaths, and I had people from cancer. I, I, I was, wait a minute, 28 people in four years. I was very good uh, friends with the undertaker in town. It was painful. Painful times. I understand Martin's pain. I understand how a pastor would feel like that, particularly when so many were affected by the Black Plague. But he was a songwriter. And he wrote the hymn, Now Thank We, All Our God, which is in our hymnal, which we often sing. But I'd like you to notice, with that background, I'd like you, I'm, I'm going to look at the words here. With that background about Martin, this is what's going on in his life. This is happening all the time now. I'd like you to kind of read into the words as you look at that together. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things had done in whom the world rejoices, who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. See, during the Black Plague, during the Thirty Years' War. O may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with every joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us and keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed about what in the world, why is this happening to us? And free us, look at that, and free us from all ills in this world and the next. All praise and thanks to God the Father now be given, the Son and whom who reigns with them in highest heaven, to one eternal God, whom earth and heaven adore. For this it was, is now, and shall be evermore. And my question is, why would, why would um, Martin have that kind of an attitude? Why would he have that? How could Martin's Life, how could it still be so grateful? Because within him, he had received the creative love of God, you see. The creative, he understood the creative love of God. And he was grateful through all of it, through all the things that were happening. Watch. Sometimes it's hard finding thankfulness With all the struggles, divisions, the anger often hidden deep within us Too often life begins to drain the joy, distress, destroy the deafening noise, shuts out the voice of God. 
We walk our road, we wander our path, setting the tone, watching our steps right and left, every breath spent, longing for the next big thing. But what if we could give thanks in the little things, the small victories, the tiniest dreams that seem to feed our soul? The moments with the promise of God to never leave or move on to care and to love becomes undeniable. gratitude in the everyday this this is where thankfulness begins so what is it that inspires the gratitude within us is it not that something was done truly for us and that God gave everything for each of us. And we can become callous like the world and just go sailing on or we can lift our voices in rejoicing, giving that thanksgiving. I often hear Kendall talking about the joy that he has in worship. Giving his praise God. He loves prayer time. He loves praising God. He says he feels the closest to God when he's praising him, giving gratitude to him. That's a wonderful experience, isn't it? When you lift your voice and can praise God. When you come in here, when you do your life, when you're where we go, Lifting your gratitude and praise to him. May God be lifted up. Lifted up and praised with you today. As you worship before him. And as you give your hearts and thanks. This morning we want to close the service. Singing a great hymn. It's not the right number in your hymnal. It's 560 if you look at. I mean in the paper. 560. This is such a beautiful hymn of thanksgiving. And praise. Let all things now living. Would you stand and join us as we sing together?